Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on Facebook, also at Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, super easy for you. And of course, you could write into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind each and every week. And on this week's special episode, it's all about Music Alley at Emerald City Comic Con. And I'll talk about my experience at Cracklefest 8 as well. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Cybert Radio. But first, I'd like to start off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out Thank you once again to the KGRG management and staff for letting me use the studio to do some extra editing and recording to make this week's podcast happen um, on the uh, technical side. Um, uh, and of course, a huge shout out to my lovely wife and executive producer of the show, Lucky Seibert, for her unending support and encouragement to help me get the show out to you this week because, well, I'll, uh, I'll be honest, I had a... Uh, given up at a point uh, when the the uh, technical challenges seemed uh, insurmountable. Um, uh, look, here's the deal. Without her, there is no Mike Seibert Radio. So let's. Uh, um, so I, I don't want to dwell on the uh, technical challenges. Hopefully, things will be uh, resolved by uh, next week. So let's get to the rest of this week's podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so let's uh, so let's talk about Music Alley at ECCC because that's uh, that's why we're here in this episode. It's in the title. It's uh, you know Music Alley interviews and uh, and spotlights and whatever the hell else I'm calling it. Uh, but no, like uh, like I talked about before, I. Um, uh, you know, connected with uh, some really cool artists, uh, some of which I hadn't met before, uh, some of which I had connected with on social media but hadn't actually met uh, IRL before. Um, so it's it, it's always cool to um, I don't know. It, it's it's a uniquely gratifying feeling when you connect with somebody. And kind of foster a bit of a friendship uh, out on social media. And then that um, evolves when you actually uh, meet them in person. So I had a, I had a couple of those um, uh, this weekend. So uh, uh, so before uh, before I uh, play some exclusive interviews for you, I, uh, I have to <laughs> I, I am so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed by this because, you know, I, I, I think and and I kind of carry myself like I'm a like I'm a radio broadcasting professional. Uh, but in secret, I'm just a huge boob 
and uh, don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, not too long ago, I uh, tried to upgrade my equipment. I bought myself a um, uh, external microphone that I can connect and, uh, you know, to kind of more capture um, interview sounds uh, more efficiently and maybe a little more clearly. Like um, you've heard previous episodes that I've done where I've done on-site interviews like, you know, uh, at the Jet City Comic Show, you know, I talked to artist Blackie Shepard, um, uh, one of the con organizers, you know, the the uh, cool folks from the Out of the Fridge podcast, you know, so like, you know, you can hear it kind of okay, but there's a lot of crowd noise in there as well. Um, I actually kind of like the crowd noise. Like you can hear that, like even in some of my backstage interviews, like the ones I've done with uh, Limberlost and and Flicker and Fade and Waking Things. And um, so I kind of like having that that uh, texture and ambience to it because it feels like it's capturing that moment and where we're at. But I thought with this microphone that it would, um, uh, you know, maybe sound a little more polished. I'll leave it up to you to decide whether that's the case or not. I have my own opinions. Uh, uh, but basically... <laughs> So, so my my first two interviews, I I chatted with uh, the queen of the two hundred six herself, uh, Shubzilla, uh, huge in the Seattle uh, nerdcore and hip hop community. Um, she's uh, she's nerdcore royalty around here, and I had the occasion to talk to her, and she I she was very cordial, very kind. She invited me back behind the table, and we chatted as I'm kind of like fumbling and stumbling to get my. Cable Cables put together like, you know, I was like trying to listen through my headphones that didn't last long. Uh, but anyway, I um, God, this is so embarrassing. I uh, I got about halfway through the conversation with her where we were, you know, kind of talking about music and things. And um, I realized that this uh, this microphone I have, my new microphone has an on and off switch. So it's not just like you plug it in and it's hot. Which really messed me up because it has like this obnoxious blue LED light on it when it's got power. Now, in my business, light means hot. So like, for example, I'm looking down at the microphone I have engaged as a red button to indicate that it's on. That means that is a hot mic. Now, this is not the case. So you have to flip the, the switch on and flip the switch off, and the light does not change. Um, uh, I, I want to author a sternly worded email to Audio-Technica, but, but I fear that the response would be like, well, read the instructions, dummy, or just know that there's an a on-off switch on there. Either way, it was... Uh, um, I got about maybe halfway through uh, my conversation with uh, with uh, Shubzilla, and I realized uh, what I had done. So here is uh, <laughs> some of my conversation with uh, with Shubzilla. Enjoy. Let's make that little adjustment there. I, I think like it slipped and turned off for a second. Oops, so bad. so I don't know what we lost. Whatever. Oh well, okay. it's yeah. no big deal. It's no big deal. You are around. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, switching gears then. So, first of all, who are you? <laughs> uh, as I said in the panel, my name is Shubzilla. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you are disgusting. I know, it's um, so nasty. Uh, it's so bad. No, I'm cosplay of Deathstock. Nice, nice. Very Yay. cool. Oh, man. So, um, 
don't know. Let's, um, you want to talk a little uh, NPC Collective? Uh, yes. Speaking of the NPC Collective. <laughs> As the white guy ducks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well. Because, no, I, I've been meaning to ask you about it for, like, mm-hmm. forever. And I just, I've just never reached out and said, mm-hmm. Bishop, you want to, like, jump on the phone or something and, like, yeah. you know, talk NPC, you know, talk about nerd stuff. Word. Because, I mean, like. I mean, like, that dude over there, I, I talk to that dude all the time. I talk to <laughs> new people. Fair. <laughs> I'm newish. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the NPC Collective, um, or the Nerdy People of Color Collective, it's basically a group of people of color who are creative, specifically nerdy creatives. Mm-hmm. And this was something that was spearheaded by Megaran. Um, so, and he brought a bunch of us, like, nerdy artists together. Hey, y'all. Um, let me know if y'all have any questions, too. I'm just doing an interview, but, you know, I could always interrupt it. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, this this is low-key, like, yeah. table people come first. Word. Yeah. But, um, what's it called? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was birthed like three years ago. We have folks there like Samus, mm-hmm. Creative Mindframe, IQ, Kadesh Flow, Richie Branson. We've got a bunch of folks on there. And what we do is through, like, through activity in the nerd community, through our actions and through what we produce and create, yeah. we are aiming to make a space for people of color so that, one, they know that they're not alone. Right, they're not alone, but also too, so that perhaps they can be inspired to create, because I mean that's what we want. Like Absolutely. state of it right now is that like you look at what a nerd is, and it's like a, it's like white dude. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all were around here at Emerald City Comic Con as the alabaster shit up in here. <laughs> I mean, you know. But, I, um, I do, as, as, as an old white man myself, yes, <laughs> I, I know, I know from Alabaster. <laughs> yes. But, you know, like, and what we want to do is we want to create more representation. Yeah. We've been here, like, people of color been here. Right. And, you know, what's great is that, you know, media and popular culture is finally starting to catch up to that, where it's like, oh, yeah, maybe we should have a story for other people other than white dudes right and that's that's fantastic but tangent that's what we do yeah no i mean that's that's actually what i was kind of looking for because like i mean and and what better time than now you know i mean it's like um representation and diversity and all that i mean that's uh that's something we could all uh use a little more of these days so it's uh it's uh it's good stuff so um, you've been in the scene for a while, but you got um, got any uh, um, stuff on the horizon? New uh, new music, uh, more touring, um, any stuff you want to promote? Yes. So um, again, uh, myself, Death Star, Lex Lexicon artist, um, Doctor Striker, Nicola Wallen. We will be, or I guess we were at the Funhouse. On Saturday, <laughs> we were at the Funhouse on Saturday. It was a dope show. It if was, you if you weren't there, uh, well, tough nuts for you. Be there next year. It was phenomenal. We all killed it. Um, but also, too, um, Bill Beats and I are working on Boomers Volume Two. We aim to get that out nice. late summer, um, early fall. I've got and. For those that went to the show, I performed a song called, um, what's it called? I can't remember. This time travel shit is so weird. It's so weird. Um, 
I performed a n- couple new singles. One is Can't Afford to Quit, about how I hate my day job. I fucking do. And then also Broken Glass, which is about road rage, because part of why I hate my job is Microsoft employees can't drive for shit. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, that's, yeah, those are what I've got down the pike. So uh, you going to do a jam about that top-tier parking? Oh, my God. I should do a top-tier parking, like, theme song. Yes. But for now, I mean, y'all need to follow my Instagram. It's just Shubzilla. And then, you you know, like, just search for Shubzilla. Follow my shit. But, you know, like, take a gander at some of Redmond's finest parking by the douchiest motherfucking blue badges. <laughs> Like, please, any of y'all could come fight me on that because you can't park your Tesla parallel when it's a dead-end spot. Like, are you shitty? Like, oh, oh, okay, I need to drink this Red Bull. Like, I'm so upset about that shit. Well, I mean, dude, half the reason why I follow you on Instagram is for them top-tier parking picks. Because it's delightful. And you know what? It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? We are better people because we can actually follow the fucking lines on a parking spot. We are. We're better people. Like, again, fight me on it. You know, like, I don't care. Y'all know where I'm at. Um, I mean, if you, like, and I mean, there's, like, different things where I'm just kind of like, you know, that's out of bounds. Like, there's there's different, like, I guess, criterium of parking that I won't touch because that's not cool. But the rest of these two-spot hogging motherfuckers, I... I can't. I can't with that. Yeah. So. I feel. So, yeah. I feel. So that's what people can find when they follow you on Instagram. Um, where uh, Where else can people find your music and uh, where else are you trolling on the socials? Okay. So, um, you know, shubzilla.bandcamp.com or noirgrime.com is where you can find our musics. Um, I also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, search for Shubzilla. SoundCloud, still Shubzilla. I'm currently working on doing some streaming with Mixer. Like, not officially, but I'm streaming off of my um, my Xbox. So, you know, look for Shubzilla, uh, the gamertag Shubzilla, and I'm there. You know, watch me without paint and spackle trudge around in overwatch <laughs> and i'll be i'll eventually play um be playing dark souls and then replaying um new vegas too nice nice very cool so last question for you um so there's this ongoing thing with uh, kyle stevens from kirby crackle he uh he he got me on this and now i'm stuck on it but there's like four people in the pacific northwest that refer to shubzilla as the queen of the 206 oh, what is your response to that? I like it's it's a beautiful and it's a wonderful comment and I am humbled by it because there are like a lot of very talented women rappers here and like as much as I love it and I'm like yes I relish it I am a queen you know like I kind I like want to run behind something mainly cosplay because he's yeah. a large man and I'm a small woman and just like hide <laughs> like you know I just want to hide, but it's it's a wonderful comment or comment and compliment, and I am very humble that people like call me such. Nice. Well, Shabzilla, thanks a lot for taking the time to uh, chat with us on our little, little podcast radio here behind the scenes. And yeah, one of these days 
was like at a show or something. Uh, well, actually, no. Before a show, when you got like new music and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, we'll keep in touch and you know, uh, like have you like in the studio Fuck or yeah. have they fall, call in or something. Because quite frankly, it's been too long. It has it's been, been too, too long. Because it's like every time I go to a show and I'm like, yeah, I need to hit up Shub. We need to do something, and I keep not because I'm an asshole. That's okay. <laughs> so. That's okay. I'm a bit of a cunt, so it's fine. <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll leave you back to scaring people away from your table. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, cosplay. Well, I got you. Anything you want to talk about about Death Star? Uh, not really. I didn't think so. <laughs> Maybe I'll hit you guys up later. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Yeah, spoilers, uh, later never came. Like, uh, you know, like I, uh, as you heard, uh, cosplay from Death Star was there. Uh, Bill Beach showed up and, you know, like I, I chatted around with him for a while. Um, never did have an MC3PO, uh, sighting there. So, um, so I, I, I just, yeah, just kind of like, you know, said my hellos and all of that. Uh, but no, uh, Death Star had some, uh, uh, really sick stuff at their table. Like they were, they were selling copies of their EP pastrami sandwich in uh, brown paper bags that actually included uh, a, a pouch of Capri Sun and a fruit roll-up in addition to the EP. But uh, um, in addition to that, uh, prior to Emerald City Comic Con, apparently uh, the the guys got into the studio and cranked out like a, like a quick three-song EP with which they gave me a uh, compact disc and it says Death Star easy seasy on it so i'm gonna put this in the cd player i have no idea what's gonna happen um i you know here on the podcast we're just gonna experience this together um so here is a brand new uh uh jam off of death stars uh, uh three song ep easy cz that i got exclusively at emerald city comic con i have no idea what the title of the song is or if it's any good we're just gonna experience it together and you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. I think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. To the lyrics we're saying no need for body language signals they laying red light good night sleep tight please don't fight thank god that everybody's all right or wrong out of the bathroom handling the dong groping rather gruesomely pant like it's prom hoping maybe you could be cisco with a thong little more cory and a little less world world doesn't want to fuck a boy beats girl girl better learn to duck him he's not a duckin'. he's threatening her work because the jerk wants a jerk acting like it's a perk of the gender take a bit of me too Tossing in a blender now the time is up in you whip it till it's tender that you cook, but you know that it won't end here. My fellow fellows, you're the words that I'll make. You're not gonna get put tonight. No, you're not gonna get put tonight. Put up your plans, zip it tight. Cause you're not gonna get put tonight. You got the moves, you got the power. And the thing goes on for hours. Give it up, this ain't the time. Cause you're not gonna get put tonight. Hold up. 
Are you into what we into? Cause we into getting in you And I'm thinking we should hit you I mean hit it We're not looking to get physical I mean yeah we are But not like violent critical It's sexual This tension that we're making And I'm eating up like bacon Got my Bulbasaur aching Why you faking? I mean you came back to my castle And you're throwing all this hassle Acting like I'm some rassle That shit's baffled People listen when I'm saying I'm not playing If you know a guy like this He's fucking praying on a system of imbalance That's a fallacy of ethics You'll trippin' just to get it We rejected all this sex is predatory and it's horrible Don't accept the testimony Cut it off and call it a get A spice of patrimony We can do this better together It's a given if you see some Say something Keep believing women You're not gonna get fucked tonight No, you're not gonna get fucked tonight Pull up your plan, sip it tight Cause you're not gonna get fucked tonight You got the moves, you got the power And the thing goes on for hours Give it up, this ain't the time Cause you're not gonna get fucked tonight Well, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> no, that was uh, uh, that sounded really cool, actually. So yeah, that w- that was uh, uh, that was the leadoff track. I have no idea what it was called, but I'm sure you can figure it out uh, from the Kings of Seattle Nerdcore Death Star um, off of their EP called Easy Seasy. It's a, a three song jam. I have no idea if it's available anywhere else other than um, at the Emerald City Comic Con um, or. Uh, or the Emerald City Super Villainy show that they played on Saturday uh, in conjunction with the Comic-Con. So just uh, kind of keep an eye on their feeds to see uh, uh, what is next from that. And um, I, I'm actually really interested to see what those other two jams are like because that uh, uh, that's not bad for being thrown together um, uh, really quickly because, um, you know, they're... Um, if if you ask the folks in Death Star uh, to describe their music, they would say... Terrible. Terrible is the way that they would describe it. So, uh, but no, no, this was really, really cool. Um, so, uh, so my next guest is Chris Waffle from Mega Thruster, uh, the acoustic nerd rock super duo from Portland. And um, I, uh, uh, my apologies to Chris, my apologies to the, uh, uh, the band and Mega Thrusters fans. I have no idea what's going on with this interview audio, but um, uh, I left my microphone on this time. I think maybe, but the uh, the audio is really muddy, and I I don't know what's going on, and there's a lot of crowd noise drowning it out. Um, uh, so if uh, if you have troubles uh, hearing what Chris has to say, I apologize. Um, I I've tried to kind of polish it as best as I can, but um, uh, you know I I appreciate your patience. So let's uh um let's hear what we can from my interview uh with Chris, and I'll tell you. A little more about uh, Mega Thruster on the other side. It's so funny. I had uh, I had uh, my headphones connected to it earlier, and with all the crowd noise, oh. it really doesn't matter, and it just makes it all greasy and sweaty. Sure, so sure. I'm just so I'm just I'm just going with it. So um, so uh, good sir. Before we get going, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us what your band is all about? All right. Thank you. My name is uh, Chris Waffle. I am one half of the pop culture nerd rock super duo mega thruster. <laughs> uh, I play bass, I sing, lead, and uh, 
Now, uh, so we're here in the Music Alley, um, and we were uh, kind of chatting for uh, for a couple of minutes, and I realized, well, wait a minute, I should just turn on the mic and just uh, record what we're talking about. It's good stuff. But um, what, what's your impression of kind of this whole uh, Music Alley thing that's got going on? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. We're having a great time. Um, it's very thankful for two Emerald City for bringing this. Um, it's on, it's on. Yesterday was a little lighter. Today's yeah. Friday. So, Saturday is going to be my own house. But we have a lot. So, the coolest thing is, you know, people who know us, the other artists will come up, chat, we're having a great time. Because people who are unfamiliar with the genre and coming by and asking about it, or it's going to be yeah, it's open air. Room, so I would not be surprised if Mega Press has cleared this whole room way tomorrow, but we'll see. We'll do our best. Now, people are all about Mega Press. They're having the lawns already. Oh, yeah. And learning about punching Nazis and all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So. I know. We're not, we are doing a lot of great. We're not doing punching Nazis. But I refrain. We should have gotten that one together this time. I've not done that one in my hand. Nice. So, um, you had mentioned earlier that, uh, that I, and I totally missed this because I can't be prepared enough to look at a schedule, but, uh, but you were part of a, a panel talking about nerd music. Talk about yeah. that one. You know how different some of some of like uh, costumes were a handful of different genres like you know what you do is completely different from what Death Star does right. which is still a step removed from what Kirby Crackle does yeah. and yeah and it's uh, you know it's all different stripes but Good point. 
I like a lot of different music. Not everyone does. You know, there's a lot of people who are just getting over for it. They like hip hop. I get that. And vice versa. But if you have the diversity, all the stuff that you see here at Comic you will enjoy someone. Or everyone. I agree with that. Yeah, You know, it's just a couple articles right now of, you know, there's going to be amendments. It's just a framework to work off of. Hopefully, we get it so, uh, so you're here at MC Comic Con. Uh, what, uh, what's next for you after uh, Comic Con weekend? Uh, you know, we're going to be doing a show in March in Salem, Oregon, and then we're back to Oh, wow. So, and then after that, I've been writing. We're actually writing more I've been writing. So, uh, this year, definitely my album of May. <laughs> because the intense amount of work. Sure, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> I got the ideas are coming, yeah. and so I'm writing them down, and I'm excited about the next step, too. Well, that's one of the cool things about movies, is that, you know, you can do MC Lars is constantly putting out, like, right. you know, new tracks, new mixes, new EPs, constantly. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting how, how quick the ideas come. And I would imagine something. Yeah. I'm usually not that when the inspiration comes, when it strikes, you gotta hit it. So that's what I'm trying to do. So I gotta like So we'll see maybe later in the year. But yeah, you know, it's a little bit so it's like you kind of, kind of so I'm trying to be instead of doing album footage it's a video and then nothing for a little bit it out more to try to you know something else Yeah. 
people's favorite around the front of the So, um, so, so this is your first time here, uh, I mean, obviously in an well, official capacity, but, yeah. but have you been to the show before? Yeah, I was on the stage next to us. Um, <laughs> So I was here that, but we didn't perform. Right. Um, and that was the first time I went to. So Rose City kind of comes on, and my husband is which is a great I can still physically, unlike San Diego Comic-Con, where I can't actually walk or move anywhere, I can still walk down the hall here for now. <laughs> yeah, for now. Yeah, for now. But yeah, I mean, I, I really like what they've done with the Artist Alley here. It's like it's... This this whole sixth floor here is almost like its own show unto itself. Yeah. You could just come here and do this, and it feels kind of like a big, small this is, show. I was going to say, this yeah. is like... Okay, so uh, my my apologies. I I I don't understand why that particular interview is so muddy uh, like that. I don't know if uh, again. I just I'm just assuming that like the mic was turned off and it, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I uh, <laughs> I feel like I owe uh, Chris and Mega Thruster a uh, another interview uh, so we can actually kind of hear uh, what he was saying. Uh, uh, thanks for hanging with that and not uh, uh, tuning out. But uh, one of the coolest things that Mega Thruster had at their table in a 
addition to, you know, CDs and stickers and merch and all that, they had a uh, full-size copy of uh, their Rockstitution that they were encouraging folks to sign. And uh, I autographed it as well, uh, signed it as uh, Mike Seibert Radio, which I had realized that while I have signed autographs as Mike or Mike Seibert or whatever, I don't know if I've actually signed something as Mike Seibert Radio before. I don't know if I'm going to continue doing that. But anyway, it is it is forever imprinted on the uh, Rockstitution of the United States of Anertica uh, from uh, uh, from Megathruster. And and I uh, um, I, I have my own uh, commemorative copy. Uh, they uh, they printed out copies for folks to take, and initially, I was uh, I was going to read this to you, but then I realized that you know what they basically they wrote a song about it, and uh, it is the leadoff track of their album Wands at the Ready. I played one of their songs last week, but I thought rather than reading through the entire Rockstitution uh, myself because it is pretty rad, I thought I would have my friends Megathruster do it for me. So here is the Rockstitution of the United States of Anertica. You are listening to Mike Seibert Radio, and coming up, I have uh, interviews with Nicola Wallen and Rock Paper Cynic. Stick around. We, we the geeks, nerds, dorks of the United States, States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, promote reading a good book, and secure liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this rock institution for the United States. Of a nerdica. Article 1. We're gonna have lots of fun. Article 2. And here's a fact based science for you. It's what past due. Article 3. Let's make the internet. Article 4. City Hall is now at the game store. And there's so much more. Comic-Cons is where our money is spent We hold these truths to be self-evident In the Rockstitution of the United States of America The Rockstitution of the United States of America And it's time to join the party Work is now authorized. It's Wheaton's law. Just don't be a dick. It's easy to fix. Article 7. No more bullies or aggression. Contract first. We put an end to the debate. We reject the updates. Live long and prosper is our battle cry. That's why we come together to ratify the Rockstitution of the United States of Antarctica. The Rockstitution of the United States of Antarctica. And it's time to join the party. In the course of human events, sometimes you must rise up and dissent. Four score and seven years ago, we got our dice bags and now we're ready to go. It's the Rockstitution of the United States of Antarctica. And it's time to put your handcuff on the line. 
man. <laughs> that was uh, uh, the Rockstitution of the United States of Anertica from Megathruster. And you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Up next, we're going to learn about how you can make music using a Game Boy. It's my interview with Nicola Wallen. Oh, that is super rad. I'm just uh, I'm just sitting here looking at a vintage Game Boy. I mean, there was, there was something about like when you, um, oh, that is so cool. Like uh, when you first fired it up and that familiar tone, that bling, I mean, that that's, that is the best. And that is a sound that I have not heard coming out of that Game Boy for years. Nobody can see what I'm pointing at, but that's that's all right. I always make sure to do that live. When I start up my set, I boot it up, and it makes a little click, and then I say, wait for it, wait for it, and then, ba-ding! Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, um, uh, why don't you go ahead and... Uh, talk to myself. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about me, your music. Yeah, cool. So, um, my name's Nicola Whalen. That's also my artist name. I just go by my... Uh, normal name. I've been doing chiptune for about uh, six years. Uh, a group called Pico Pico Detroit. Okay. So I used to be in Michigan and, and that was super cool. Uh, and then I met several of the uh, really cool chiptune people on the East Coast, but I ended up moving to the West Coast and now I'm in my favorite city of Seattle. Nice. <laughs> uh, and there's actually a lot of really awesome chiptune talent in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So personally, I write most of my music on Nintendo Game Boys, but for my live performances, mm-hmm. instead of DJing with, with the software, I just let it do its thing and then I'll play uh, live instruments over it or sing or something like that. Awesome. Very cool. So we're uh, we're hanging out at your table here in Music Alley, and I see a a, a toolkit, a keyboard, a couple of vintage Game Boys, um, as well as all kinds of other stuff that I'm not even sure what it is. Uh, could you kind of uh, describe your setup here? Yeah. So uh, what I really want to do uh, with what's lying here on the table is introduce people um, to chip tunes and, and the many different ways that you can make them. I started personally here with these Game Boys and uh, somewhere I have more of these fancy cartridges mm-hmm. where you can load, load on your own software and write the music on the Game Boy. Oh my gosh, wow. Um, and when I started you know, really liking chiptune and seeing how to get into it, uh, it seems like a very low cost, very easy, portable way to get into chiptune. And you don't need to do anything too terribly uh, deep or fancy. Someone has written really awesome, intuitive, uh, music software to do it, uh, but after you write some music for Game Boy, you want to think, you know, how to do it on other consoles. And it turns out several people have come up with uh, different solutions to make it accessible. Like here's a, a cartridge that lets you load on uh, music files or music software onto an NES, or here is a cartridge that actually has a digital audio workstation built into it that you can use on a Commodore 64 with, with a MIDI port. With a MIDI port. Oh That's gosh. unbelievable. Um, so eventually you find out there are ways to write music for pretty much every console that don't involve necessarily writing in assembly, telling the chip what to do, which is a very old school way people might have not suited these days. So, um, so let's uh, let's take a step back for uh, folks that may not be familiar with uh, chiptune as a as a genre. Could you kind of uh, describe it for somebody that maybe hasn't had all that much familiarity with it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
and actually saying chiptune as a genre is uh, an interesting and, and debatable phrase. Oh, tell me more. Okay. So chip, chip tune, chip tune people like to think of chip tune more as a medium. Uh, oh. Using these old chips, you get some sorts of sounds out of them. Um, uh, but you're not necessarily writing in one style of music. Some people do rock, some people can do metal, some uh -huh. people do hip hop, some people do jazz, some people do funk. There's all sorts of um, musical styles you can write on these things. But I also want to make a, a very strong point that uh, a lot of people don't use old video game consoles at all to make chip tune. Okay. And that's totally okay, uh, and they're all over the scene, and we love it. Uh, some people used to pejoratively call this a fake bit, but you know, oh. yeah, people because have started to own that term more, so it's not so negative anymore. See, because I've seen some of your tracks on SoundCloud, hashtag with, uh, with fake bit, and I was, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, when I write in my digital audio workstation, yeah. uh, and I write music that sounds like chiptune, but obviously isn't in a sense, because I haven't used uh, an old chip, uh, I'll call it fake bit. Uh, and I, okay. of, I own that term now. I'm perfectly comfortable with calling it fake bit. It's not 8-bit music or anything. Oh, to, to be yes. fair, yeah. if I'm going to be a real snob, uh, Game Boy music is also not 8-bit music. Sure. It's 4-bit music. <laughs> um, so that, that's uh, um, actually that you can piss people off with. Sure. Well, I mean, I would imagine much like with any other... Um, uh, genre or subgenre or what have you, you you're gonna get your purists, and with your purists you get snobs, <laughs> and with snobs come the folks that get angry about minutia. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and that's a hundred percent true with chiptune. But it's become almost like like a self-deprecating meme. Sure, know? yeah, I, yeah. I have a friend who got a tattoo that says chiptune sucks because we used to say that all the time. Um, so I, I think more. More or less, the scene has matured, and no one is actually openly derogatory about these things. But we love to joke about it. Okay, interesting. So, um, uh, tell me a little bit more about your music. Like you've um, uh, you've put out a couple EPs, and um, do you have um, do you have anything that you're currently working on? Yeah. So. Um, I put out uh, an 8-bit, uh, or I should say fake bit, um, <laughs> an EP a while back. Uh, since then I've written a couple soundtracks or a couple songs uh, in chiptune style that go into some games. Um, oh, okay. For my current release I'm working on an all Game Boy plus my uh, live instrumentals, and that's going to be a full length. Um, and after that, we'll just see where it goes. I think maybe because Game Boys are so convenient to, to carry around and do live, yeah. I'll continue with that. But I've written a handful of songs for Commodore and NES, so I might make a release with uh, you know, one of those. Interesting. So um, you talked a little bit earlier about your uh, live shows. Uh, can you talk about what goes into one of your live shows and what fans can expect when they see you? Oh yeah, so um, uh, I started doing sort of live shows with chiptunes trying to do the DJ thing, but I, uh -huh. I, did, I personally wasn't feeling it. Like I felt really awkward and I got chipped back, which is a term where you're hunched over your gameplay oh, and your yes. back starts to hurt. Uh, and I'm kind of kind of tall, so that's kind of difficult. 
any, anywho, starting on my <laughs> third or fourth show, I just said, screw it. I like playing live instruments, yeah. but I also like Game Boy, so let's see if I can make this work. So that's what I do. I play live instruments over Game Boy as a backing track, uh, and I like to bring a lot of stage presence to it. Nice. I'm running around, I'm dancing around. More than half the time I'm not on the stage because the stage is boring. Look, look, the stage is so empty. Right. But in the audience, there's like tons of people there. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just jump off and, and play my electric violin, electric guitar, and, you know, interact and whatnot. No way, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. It is. I know, right? <laughs> and, and we're time traveling back to a time when Saturday hasn't happened yet. So um, so jump in your DeLorean, head back to Saturday, and check out Emerald City Super Villainy because it, uh, it was a great show. <laughs> See, now, oh, man, that's, that, it's silly. It's yeah. silly. You know, with, with regards to the time travel, it's just like, you know, we're here, so we're talking now. Like, sometimes, like, I, you know, like, I, you really kind of get into that, that mind-bendingness of when is this going to air and what's... No, it, we're just here. It's fine. If you're not here, well, then that's why we're recording this, so you can feel like you are here. Speaking of time travel, I yeah. mean, with all of these retro sounds, technically you can't tell if it's like 1989 or if it's 2000, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Interesting. Very cool. Well, um, do you, uh, let's see, so we talked about uh, your, uh, you have new music coming up. Uh, we talked about what your live shows are like. Um, is there anything else um, you would like to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I guess two things real quick. Um, just in general, all of my music, everything that I write is online for free. If I do make some compilation, some EP, and then make a physical release, I might charge money for it, but mm -hmm. everything you can listen to online. So Google Nicola Whalen, you'll find my SoundCloud, Facebook, etc. Um, <clears throat> I guess the other thing I wanted to mention re really briefly is uh, I do some of this 8-bit music for yeah. mobile games. Oh, yeah, okay. So, in particular, there are two out right now that use all authentic chip music that I wrote. One is called uh, Toxic Surfer. It's okay. a super cool uh, game with 8-bit art, as well as the 8-bit tunes. And the other is called Piano Roll Jump, and it's just sort of my passion hobby project. So <laughs> cool. I, I wrote that one. Uh, it's not amazing, but the, I've, been told, I've been told the music is really, really good. <laughs> Very cool. And um, any uh, any advice you would like to share for anybody that might be interested in jumping into uh, uh, chip tuning as a hobby? Yes. Um, obviously, look at all the relevant forums and stuff online, but also just reach out to us. Like you uh -huh. can email me or message me or any any of my friends in the scene here. Um, Chiptune people are extremely receptive. Mm -hmm. We have meetups, we teach each other how to write songs, how to get started with Game Boy or NES or whatever you're interested in. Um, <clears throat> and we frequently put on shows uh, highlighting new performers. Nice. All the time. Like, open mics in the Chiptune scene are huge. So, just reach out to us, you, no one's ever going to give you a cold shoulder. Nice! Sounds very, very cool. Well, you're a fascinating dude, and this is fascinating stuff. I uh, um, thank you so much for taking the time to um, uh, chat with us about your music. 
Yeah, likewise. Thanks a lot. Welcome. And uh, one more time, where can folks find your music and where can we connect with you on social media? Great. So I have a Facebook, a Twitter, and a SoundCloud. Uh, and all of those, you just have to look for Nicola Whalen. So Nicola as in Tesla. And then Whalen. Ah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm still blown away by the stuff that, that Nicola can do with uh, with all the gear that he had. I'm going to have uh, uh, pictures up on Mike Seibert Radio Facebook. Uh, I took some pictures of him and his gear at the table, um, and that'll be um, available for you to look at, in addition to um, a picture of me with my jumbled uh, headphone and microphone cords, uh, maybe to kind of illustrate some of the difficulties that I was imposing upon myself. <laughs> um, our last interview uh, for uh, for this week's show is with Peter Tchaikovsky. Um, I caught up with him after he performed a live set on the Music Alley stage, um, and we uh, uh, talked for a couple minutes about Rock Paper Cynic. Here, I got this uh, new directional mic that actually works pretty good with a uh, crowd ambience. Like it, it kind of like picks it up, yeah. but it's not as bad. Like I had a. Um, I I had another mic earlier that was just it basically picked up everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like once you start like processing and compressing and all that stuff, it just yeah. ends up sludgy. But anyway, um, so what up? Um, why don't you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your music, and then we'll uh, we'll also talk about your art and some of the other stuff you're into. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am uh, Peter Tchaikovsky, but I, uh, that's my human name. My, my online <laughs> name is Rock Paper Cynic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the name of the webcomic I do, uh, the music act that I, I front, and um, a couple other things. But yeah, so I write a lot of uh, um, nerd rock, nerd comedy songs about all sorts of sort of geek issues or things that matter a lot to geeks. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I've got songs about the sheep port and settlers of Catan and why does there, <laughs> who's this like weird person who no matter what's happening in the market or the economy, they'll all Always trade for sheep at the same rate. Right. What, what are they doing with the sheep? Uh, you know, I, I ask the important questions that people are afraid to ask. Right. Uh, and give the answers that no one wants to hear. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And a lot of the songs that I write, I end up kind of experimenting with in front of audiences and retooling. Mm-hmm. And I like that uh, a lot of my concerts end up turning out different because I'll try out new lines or I'll try yeah. out new, new deliveries. Um, so the audience is often like a weird part of the songwriting or the sounding board. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Awesome, very cool. So you were uh, you performed earlier here in uh, Music Alley at ECCC. Um, what uh, what do you think of this uh, this whole concept and this vibe so far? Um, I really like it. I think this is a great idea, and I'm I'm happy to see that a convention is trying to show because it's not something that's 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 traditional. But there is such a rich geek music scene, mm-hmm. um, and it's been. There's places where you'll see a geek artist break out, um, like uh, you know Kyle Stevens of Kirby Crackle has written music for the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy TV show, and yep. you'll see a, or you'll see a song go viral if someone manages to put together like a really compelling message. But people don't even realize that this whole world that those songs are connected to of these really interested geek musicians, and it's a great community because like people collaborate all the time. Yeah, um, people love working together. Uh, they tour together, um, and I feel like it's uh, if, you, if you're not aware of it, there's so much that you're missing out on. 
and people they're sometimes hesitant like the geek subject matter they don't know what they're going to get necessarily yeah but the one thing I found is like if I tell someone I'm a geek musician at a convention there's a moment where they're like oh what do I do like are you like a novelty like is, this, is it going to be good but right. the moment you get the earphones on their head and they have a chance to actually listen they realize oh this is music that I like and it's about subject matter that I'm actually interested in yeah um, they, they really get into it um, so I love that there's a space that's dedicated to that and that Emerald City is really into like getting to expose this community to a larger crowd and it's exactly the kind of people who would enjoy it absolutely I mean because from what I've seen so far I mean everybody's having a great time yeah um, very very cool stuff um, let's um, let's talk about your uh, live shows um, and kind of what what folks would expect to see when they when they see Rock Paper Santa Clara yeah so it's a it's always an interesting time um, I, kind of, <laughs> I, I custom tailor the show starting from when I walk on stage and figure out how many kids are in the audience, for example. Okay. Um, so I'm, you know, I can do an all ages act, but that's not, that's not, there's not the pair of pants I prefer to wear. Um, <laughs> I have pants I like better in, and that's the like getting to do, getting to swear a little bit, getting to be a little sure. bit inappropriate. Um, so uh, it, it'll really depend on what context you see me in. Sometimes I perform solo. Um, right now at, at uh, Emerald City, I've been touring with um, my, uh, like sometimes bandmate, Jake Calvin. He's a really mm -hmm. talented visual artist and just a fantastic guitarist and singer. Um, and we've been testing out like the two-man show, which is different for me because I've yeah. historically just been the one-man uh, one act. Um, but it's so much fun to play with him and rehearse with him, mm -hmm. and he brings so much to the stage in terms of presence and humor. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so yeah, it'll depend on what context you see me in. But it's always it's always fun. There's a lot of improvisation of the jokes that we tell and sure. um, trying out different parts of songs. So you're always in for kind of a different show. Very cool. So, so I have to uh, confess a mildly embarrassing story. So, um, I, uh, I I came over to the booth earlier and I saw Jake strumming his guitar. Yeah. Um, you, I think, had uh, uh, just uh, gone on a walkabout, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm Mike. I do this podcast." Blah yeah. blah blah. And he was very polite, and he's like, <laughs> "I think you want to talk to Peter." I'm like, "I think I want to talk to Peter too." But but hey, what's your deal? Yeah. And and he kind of uh, explained that a little bit to me. But one thing that he shared with me is that I think he's uh, slowly encouraging you to do a band. Yeah, he's what, been... What do you think about that? <laughs> he's been, he, he, he first... So uh, the first time we performed together, I was a musical guest at um, Con Bravo uh, okay. in Ontario. I'm, I'm from Canada. I'm from Toronto. Sure. Um, and uh, he was going to be at the show anyway, and I, I love his music. He used to be in a geek band called Press Start to Play, which has been decommissioned, but they did all sorts of really great songs. We played one of their songs on, on this set, uh, Portal to My Heart. Mm. It was a song about burning the companion cube and all the guilt that you feel after you do that in the game Portal. Um, and it's one of their like great crowd-stopping songs. So it was uh -huh. fun to play with him. And um, uh, I decided, you know what, do you want to just come join me on stage? I've yeah. got like a 25-minute set that I'm doing. Um, and I'd love to have you join me for a couple songs. So we like rehearsed five minutes before the show. I uh, tested out two songs. It sounded great. We went up. We did it live, and the audience loved it. So he's been. And since then, um, he's just been like on me to like let's 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 yeah, let's just go to rehearsal. No big deal. Just we can try it out if you like how it feels. Uh -huh. He's been like pressuring me into forming a band. I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you know, I've been kind of in my own cave and in my own. Um, Habits for a while, so getting to write songs to someone else and play songs to someone else is helpful. I remember, uh, I think it was Tom Waits said that uh, your fingers, uh, as a musician, your fingers are like dogs, like they always go to the same sense in the same spot. Okay. So you catch yourself playing the same kind of riffs and. Yeah. yeah. And he made said, like a muscle memory type of thing. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I'm noticing that there's like five or six different types of songs that I write, and I want to start shaking it up and having another musician be like, hey, what if we did it this way? Yeah. And he's already added so much to the music, so that's, that's really exciting. Very cool. 
So um, before uh, before we switch gears, because I'd, I'd like to talk to your uh, talk about your cartooning and art. Yeah. Um, with uh, with your music, do you have anything coming up in the future? Yeah. So the um, the producer who works on Borkin Telephone, um, Tico Souza, he's this uh, insane. Latin jazz musician prodigy pianist guy. Uh-huh. It's very odd. I, I love him to death, and it was so much fun working on Borkin Telephone, and he's just kind of like a mad genius when he works on something. <laughs> and he uh, moved back to Brazil for a while, but he's back in Toronto with me, and oh. he's got his studio set up. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I've basically written an album's worth of material, but I've got to figure out where it would fit into like a project cycle, because I have, I have three books coming out this year, oh, which wow. is just a bit heavy for, for new things coming out, and so I might sure. want to slow things down and get up a new album next year. Um, but I'm also finishing up a uh, part of the um, my album Bork and Telephone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Kickstarter project that um, one of the backers actually ended up backing me money to do a custom EP. So he'd give me song prompts or like oh. do a Red Hot Chili Pepper style song, but make it political or do like a. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing a um, legit Japanese thrash metal cover of Breakfast at Tiffany's for this album. I so, need it. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I have no idea how to do Japanese thrash metal. I'm gonna get some help with that. Uh, but um, and Bone Cage. Um, uh, is uh, he was a fantastic geek musician. He was just okay. very prolific with original material and, and such great parodies. He's producing that album, um, and I'm really excited to see how it how it all comes together in the end. We should be finishing the last pieces of it over the next month or two, and mm-hmm. it's very different. Mo- Rock Paper Cynic is is like 85% comedy and 15% more serious heartfelt songs. Yeah, and this is like despite the breakfast at Tiffany's uh, number, <laughs> I would say it's more like 75% 80% serious material, and then the rest is more lighthearted. Sure. Um, so it'll be a bit a different side for fans to tap into. I think we're just gonna make it free for everyone. Um, like the guy who commissioned it, um, Aramaki, is this this just really really wonderful. Like, like patron of the arts kind of guy. Nice. Um, uh, he was just like a, a very big fan of geek music. He's a big proponent of it. Um, uh, he, he wants people to be able to listen to it, so we'll probably just make it available for free on Bandcamp or something. Cool. So, um, so uh, where what's the kind of the origin elevator pitch for Rock Paper Senate? It's a it's a tough one because it's not uh, there's no particular theme that holds it together. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a gag a week strip, but there's lots of jokes about um, video games and awkward social interactions, um, and that awkward person in your friend group who shows up to parties and people don't want them there and they're really annoying, mm-hmm. and like all the all the different things that uh, you know that, that geeks deal with on a day to day basis. Um, so it's it's like part diary comic, part place where I write stupid puns <laughs> and, and doodle them into cartoons. But yeah. I've been doing it for nine years. Um, and uh, I've just been having so much fun with it, and getting having that creative format where I can do a new joke every week. And just yeah, totally unconnected. It's been really creatively rewarding. And then from that has spun off, um, and I do basically four different web comics every week. Wow! Um, so it's become a, a full time, like literally my full time job. Sure. Um, and there's been lots of spin off projects. The the one that just launched, um, the book that just launched here is um, it's called What's George Doing Today? It's okay. Great. A certain fantasy author named George is very busy, but he has a very important book to write. Yes. But he keeps getting distracted by all these adventures, and one day he'll go on, go on a hot air balloon ride. And it's basically like a diary comic. You can check in on what George is doing today, what's keeping him so busy that he's yeah. not writing his books. Maybe he's working in the garden, growing tomatoes. Maybe he's riding the merry-go-round. Maybe he's visiting a shelter and adopting a, a rescue dog. That's, that's amazing. It's been a lot of, that, that comic's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Very cool. So um, you had uh, mentioned earlier that you have uh, four books in the works. That, did I remember that correctly? Yeah. So yeah. So four four books are launching this year. Um, What's George doing today? Which which like literally just the box arrived uh, of advanced copies this morning. Oh okay. Um, uh, is is one of the new ones. That's just a short floppy comment. We're testing out the idea, but so far the response has been really great. Uh-huh. 
Um, is it Canon? Uh, is uh, one of my secondary web comics that I just turned just turned into a full book. It's a collaboration with artist Aaron Mank, oh, okay. um, who's at Big Simple Comics on social media. He's just a great talent to do. It's, it's all of our collaboration comics about pop culture and parody and, and our basically it's our way of like trying to ruin people's favorite movies and TV shows and comics <laughs> by asking stupid questions like what if Deadpool is a Disney princess right um, uh, or just any other questions that like make you question like is that canon is that real <laughs> um, so that book actually again just arrived today um, and those will be shipping out soon with Kickstarter another book of Rocket for Cynic comics called um, Be a Turtle and other uh, okay. uh, life secrets that you can learn from turtles um, amazing and then a book of uh, short stories is coming out too through a, um, a, an indie press so it's going to be a very busy year for, for books it sounds like it. I mean, between between the books and the regular comic and the music, I mean, you're a... Uh, when do you sleep? I very Not enough. I do not sleep enough. Um, okay. But I catch, I'll, I'll like pass out under the convention table for five minutes and then pretend that I'm recharged. <laughs> gotcha. Very good. Yeah, uh, USB ports. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, um, uh, it, it's been fantastic getting to know you. I mean, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a whole lot of stuff to catch up on because uh, your stuff seems uh, very, very cool. Um, uh, remind us again where folks can connect with uh, uh, your comics, your music, and where we can get your stuff and how can we connect with you on social media. Yeah, for sure. So, um, at Rock, Paper, Cynic is my handle on just about everything. Okay. Um, and then rockpapercynic.com is kind of the hub. So you can find yeah. links to most of my other projects from there. That was kind of the webcomic that started in all. Gotcha. Very, very cool. And uh, before I let you go, because I know we're uh, um, drawn to the end of the show and they're probably going to start kicking us out yeah. soon, um, was there anything else you wanted to promote or mention that we may not have covered yet? Um, just, I'd say, take a look at the Music Alley listing, uh, which should be up on the website even after Emerald City's done mm-hmm. listening to this after the show, and check out the artists, because these are just some really phenomenally talented people. It's a really, really supportive community, um, and you'll find songs written in styles that just you wouldn't see from major labels, because yeah. people have the freedom to talk about their, their passions, and, and something about that is so genuine. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that's a recurring theme about why people love deep music, is it's, it's really like finding your tribe and finding people who... Um, feel the mm-hmm. same things you do or who feel different things about the same um, fandoms and help you unlock sides that you never saw um, yeah so I'd say just check out check out the music alley listing give everyone a listen most of us are on Spotify or mm-hmm. SoundCloud or YouTube or something um, and you can give it a sample and see if you like it excellent very cool I mean that's a uh... That's the one thing that I'm really digging about Music Alley is like, for example, I hadn't come across your stuff before, and and I love it. And um, it's it's a great place for a lot of music discovery, but one thing I like um, specifically about the nerd music community is that it's it, it transcends genre. Like, I mean, you have, you know, you'll have chiptune, nerdcore, nerd rock, and but it seems like nerd music and geek music is more community-based than, say, like, genre-based. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you'll see you'll see a chiptune act touring with a hip-hop act. Yeah, with a folk yeah, act exactly. Along for the ride. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. And I think it's something where, yeah, like, it's, it's the passion for the community and um, the lifestyle of being a geek that sort of ends up, like, say, transcending yeah. uh, just the genre borders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like because of that, the, the collaborations you see are so strange. Like, you'll just get, you'll get two artists yeah. that you'll never see people from those genres working together mm-hmm. otherwise, but they both love Mega Man. Yeah, and, you know, I'll yeah. Be I'm gonna do, uh, we've got to do a Mega Man collab. And it'll just yeah. be the most, like, amazing, strange thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. One, one thing that I'll quickly mention. Um, yeah, yeah. This is something you can listen to for free on Spotify. Um, 
my album Borken Telephone ends with a mu- it was a musical mad science experiment. Oh. Um, so it's an 18 minute game of musical broken telephone that I played with the, the nerd music community. So I wrote a one minute song uh-huh. um, about a game of broken telephone that goes so horribly wrong that the words people are saying turn into the incantation that awakens Cthulhu and it ends the world. <laughs> very, very quickly escalating one minute song. And then I sent that song to um, one nerd musician who would listen to it once. These are the rules. He listened to it once. Yeah. You can take notes, but you can listen to it once at speed, and then you have to try and rewrite it from memory on the spot. And they'd send me their recording, and I'd send that to the next musician. So the last track on the album is a game of musical broken telephone, 18 minutes that goes through like the double clicks, MC Frontalot, MC Lars, oh Kevin Crackle, um, Zach Sherwin from Epic Rap Battles of History. Uh-huh. And you just get to hear this song totally like develop through all these different amazing um, uh, artists, and you get to hear those all of those nerd, those nerd genres mm-hmm. come together in one place and hear the same song translated through them, which is really exciting for oh. me. Like, I ran this Kickstarter almost entirely because I just wanted to try this experiment and see what would happen. Very, very cool. Well, I uh, I see some folks checking out your stuff at the table, so I'm not going to keep you any longer. But uh, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, and before I closed out the show, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my experience at Crackle Fest Eight. Uh, that was uh, a Friday night at the Hard Rock after uh, after the convention. Um, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Peter Gerardo, who uh, he uh, he follows me on Instagram and I follow him back. But he recognized me uh, from Instagram and from the podcast, and we kicked it and uh, uh, chatted for a few really really cool guy. Um, um, I'll have a link to his stuff in the show notes. Check him out. Really cool guy. Um, uh, came out came out all the way out here from New York. So that was, uh, you know, like I mentioned way at the beginning about like taking for granted being here in uh, uh, Seattle and how cool it is. I mean, I, I forget sometimes that this is a destination for people and, uh, and that they um, uh, head out and enjoy our city and our convention and, and it's great. Um, I, I also want to give a shout out to Chef Oz uh, Chef Ozzy he's a, a culinary consultant and catering on events he turns uh, he says uh, cooking is love made visible he is a uh, a chef over at the Blarney Stone a restaurant that's not too far away from uh, the Hard Rock he uh, he was kind of my bar buddy he uh, ponied up to the bar while I was there uh, having my uh, uh, hamburger before I uh, um, uh, before Crackle Fest uh, seemed like a really cool dude so i uh thought i would give him a shout out his phone number if you're in the seattle area and want to do uh some catering is area code 425-974-0913 and he has no idea i've given out his number but if you uh reach out to him tell him that uh you know you're a listener of uh, the mike cyber radio podcast uh you heard about it there and and you know want to do some catering and stuff so um so there's that um, it it was a it was a really really uh, great time. Um, but honestly, f- uh, for me, the highlight was uh, uh, kind of a uh, uh, personal thing. Is I uh, uh, got the opportunity to connect with Lucia Fasano in uh, in person. Now, a couple weeks ago, I had interviewed her in uh, anticipation of uh, Crackle Fest, and you know, I had discovered her music, but didn't really uh, know much about her. It was a, it was a great interview. It was a whole lot of fun and uh to take a step back 
a little bit when I was uh, uh, chatting with uh, some of the folks a- in uh, Music Alley, and I would give them my business card. Incidentally, I gave away a whole bunch of business cards. So if uh, if you're uh, listening to the show for the first time, welcome, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, I, I gave out a lot of cards to a lot of folks. So uh, hopefully, uh, there's uh, some new listeners to this train wreck I call a podcast. But uh, but but anyway, like uh, when I had uh, met some of the other artists like uh, Chris from Mega Thruster and uh, the PDX Broadsides, they were like, oh, you uh, you interviewed uh, Lucia recently. I, I listened to that show. I dug it. And so I so I thought that was really cool. And I, I appreciate uh, Lucia uh, sharing that with her fans and people were able to uh, pick that up. But um, but man, uh, uh, Sweet doesn't begin to describe her. Uh, a really cool lady. Uh, she had a, a, a really great set. Uh, she and Kyle did and um and funny as hell um i really enjoyed my time with her it was uh i uh i i rolled up to her uh, up to her table and was just you know talking to her about something and she saw my my spider-man jersey that i was talking about she's like that's a that's a nice shirt and i'm like yeah thank you i'm like i'm mike and she's like oh great i'm lucia and and the look on her face was priceless when she connected the dots and realized that i was you know mike from the podcast and she practically flipped the table over and ran to the other side to uh, uh, give me a, a, a great big hug. So it was uh, it, it was it was really cool uh, connecting with her. I'm glad uh, she and Kyle got a chance to enjoy Seattle. They you know like went out to the falls and Twin Peaks and and checked out some of the uh, touristy um, touristy or stuff. Uh, but no. Um, uh, Crackle Fest was a was a, a really cool show. I really enjoyed having uh, the comedians in there. That added an extra uh, texture. Um, uh, Megaran was fantastic as usual. Um, uh, I exchanged business cards with him, uh, so I I might have the opportunity to have him on as a guest of the podcast uh, sometime in the future. I tried to connect with him before Crackle Fest, but he was on a huge tour in the UK, and there just wasn't. Uh, time and opportunity, uh, but um, uh, yeah, it would be it would be dope if uh, if I could get uh, Megaran to join me because I've uh, I've been a fan of his for uh, for some time and uh, I think that would be cool because you know I mean he he comes to Seattle relatively frequently you know he's played a couple Crackle Fests he's been here with MC Lars a few times and yeah so I I, I think that would be great but. Um, I, I tell you what, man, uh, Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle set the tone right off the bat. And, you know, he uh, he brings the heat and he goes hard in every show. But I don't know if I've seen him go this hard before. He uh, comes right out of the gate and does two of his hip hop flavored songs. You know, he does uh, Comic Shop and then his brand new jam. Um, it's good to be the king, uh, obviously inspired by Black Panther. We played it on uh, last week's episode. Uh, really, really liked it. Really enjoyed his uh, uh, live version of it, and but he uh, he went so hard. Like when I was talking to him, he had to really kind of take it easy because he was almost afraid he had uh, blown out his voice there for a sec. Um, uh, but yeah, that that was really cool for him as the headliner to come out and do two quick songs, and then kind of. Uh, uh, um, 
Uh, but then we uh, we uh, we had some comedy from uh, Joe Curley, uh, uh, short and curly, as the uh, the crowd kept uh, uh, heckling him. As I I guess he uh, um, had a bunch of fans there. I I hadn't heard his stuff before, but I thought uh, I thought he was really cool. Um, Lucia had a great set, like I had just mentioned. I think I was the only one in the crowd that was uh, um, singing along with some of her songs because I've been jamming on her uh, album Radio Silence uh, uh, recently. Uh, um, and yeah, you know, again, Megaran brought it, uh, Caitlin Duffy, uh, Scott Cavasso's, uh, brought really good, uh, um, awesome comedy. I really liked that it was the in-between act, uh, stuff there. Um, but Kirby Crackle's set, like, uh, Kyle had told us when I interviewed him a few weeks ago, was, was a little different. Uh, he mentioned that it would be kind of stripped down. I don't know if I would... I, I don't know if I would call it stripped down, but it was definitely uh, some of the uh, more guitar-heavy songs, you know, uh, uh, since they didn't have a keyboard player uh, this time around. Uh, you know, like some of the more synth-heavy stuff wasn't there, but yet they still did uh, Ring Capacity, which is, you know, very much a, a keyboard synthesizer-heavy song, as well as Take It From Me, their, uh, their Mega Man song, uh, which I... I so funny, I kind of, like, exchanged looks with Mega Man... Uh, uh, when he played that song, I just kind of like give him a thumbs up, and he kind of gave me the gave me the nod. It was a it was a cool moment, but um, it, it was it was kind of bittersweet for a couple different reasons. One, um, as uh, as we had uh, mentioned a couple times previously, this was uh, Scott Andrews' uh, last show. Uh, Scott, uh, the longtime bass player of Kirby Crackle, uh, this was his last show with the band, so that added um, a little bit of weight to it, but. Um, what a crackle fest tradition is that uh Kirby Crackle will uh their their encore set is a um uh features covers. Uh sometimes they're they're fun cool covers that they want to do just because they're awesome, but oftentimes they're uh they're tribute covers uh to uh musicians that had passed away. Um and this year, oh man, th- this was rough. Uh, rough in a good way. Uh, haunting, I guess, would be the word that I would use, um, because we we obviously lost some greats in the last year. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he comes out uh, for uh, Chris Cornell. He came out and played Outshined, um, so that generated the feels. But um, but then the the uh, next song was uh, for uh, Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries. And there was something very powerful about the entire crowd singing the uh, chorus of Zombie. You know, it's like I I had forgotten how much that song kind of meant to me when I, when I, uh, you know, uh, discovered it as a teenager, Um, you know, just how like visceral it was. And to have the... Uh, uh, crowd in it was um, uh, was very very powerful, and of course uh, closing out the night uh, had to go with American Girl from uh, Tom Petty, and that was uh, uh, that was great. I mean, it was it was a again the the only word I can continue to use is haunting because it's um, it it. it 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 was a celebration, but it was also painful, but it was also uplifting. It was like all of those churned up feelings um, all at the same time. And uh, I, I, I've been going through that a lot uh, the last uh, uh, week or so, kind of, you know, um, 
there there's a there there's a line in a uh, my favorite bad religion song it's a song called cease and it uh, it says it's like you know it invokes such pain and significance and what was once is reduced to rem- remembrance and uh and and that that lyric always kind of stuck with me. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about now, but that's that 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 kind of articulates my feeling about what uh, what some of these uh, songs meant to me. But anyway, it was a it was a fantastic night. But God damn it, did that night go on long? It was funny. I was like, because um, according to the schedule, the show was going to end around eleven o'clock. And I'm looking at 11 o'clock and Kirby Crackle still feels pretty relatively shallow in their set. And, uh, you know, so they they wrap up, they go off the stage and inevitably the chance of encore and one more song uh, fill the room. And I'm looking at my looking at 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 my phone and it's getting later and later. I'm like, oh, my God, he's still got. It. So. So, yeah, I um. I uh I didn't get home until after one o'clock, and I uh, I had to work the next day, and uh that was uh that that was an experience that, you know, for the day that I had and the experience that I had, I would repeat it in a heartbeat. But um man, I you know I posted this on uh on my Facebook and Instagram and maybe my Twitter, I don't know, but uh uh. Uh, last time we went to Costco, we uh, bought a a rack of uh, Zip Fizz, um, and you know, hey, uh, Zip Fizz folks, if you would like to enter into uh, you know sponsorship promotions, uh, hit me up at MikeSybertRadio at gmail dot com. But no, um, that was the only thing keeping me alive. Uh, there, there's something about them B twelve vitamins that it's like I have returned to life. And, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, um, I, I got through it, but my, uh, um, uh, my wife, Lucky, she went out, uh, and, uh, with, with a friend of hers and sent me a text and said, you know what, how about when you get home, you just have some dinner and go to bed and don't get up until the next day. And that's what I did. I, I got home and I slept until the alarm went off at, on, at four o'clock in the morning, uh, Sunday morning, uh, for me to go back to work. And that was, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that was my Comic-Con weekend. You know, it's like I, I, um, I did Friday and I think I did it well, um and yeah, pushed myself maybe a little too hard. I think I'm just now kind of starting to uh, uh, get back into the rhythm. And that will do it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you'd like to listen to my past shows, like and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts, where you're welcomed and encouraged to leave a review. I will give you a shout out and read your reviews on the air. But if uh, the best way to help grow the show is just tell a friend, don't be shy. Say like, hey, this Mike Cyber Radio show is uh, kind of okay. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio, and write into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. Next week, it's Black Panther with Matt and Tim from the Not So Much But Us show. And then the week after that, it's my um, intimate, exclusive interview with Ron Reinhardt, uh, lead singer 
uh, from Dark Angel. All that more next time on Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices.